Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And this is our last regular episode of 2021. How do you feel, Kelly? I feel excited. I feel um, happy to be done with this year almost. Yeah. I also feel a little bit sad. I don't know why. I always feel a little bit sad at the end of the year. That makes sense. A lot. Thankfully, a lot happened this week. A lot to talk about. You know, we have a couple more episodes lined up for the rest of the year. So don't get scared. Don't get scared. Just not regular episodes. All right, people. Take a breath. I heard the the collective panic of the audience. (laughs) I was getting calls (laughs) left and right. Yeah. From your pal, Jeff. Yeah, Kelly, what's going on? What's going on? What do you mean? Last episode, what are you talking about? Yeah. Don't panic, Jeff. All right? Jeff, we'll talk about you later. Oh, we'll have, yeah, we'll have (laughs) plenty to say to you, Jeffrey. Um, So I figured it's a, it's a smart idea to start with uh, the game I've played because there's a lot of very important news this week, but I also played something, a little game release that people have been waiting on called Halo Infinite. Um, I'm playing it on the Xbox One X, so I'm not next gen with this one, current gen, I don't know. The terms are confusing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on an I'm on the console that came out of quite a few years ago. Um, but I've played a few hours, so this is far from a review, but my initial impressions are pretty darn positive. I this is my first Halo game I've played. I played a hefty chunk of the first one a while ago, but it didn't quite mesh with me, so I decided I'd come back to the series later, and this seemed like a good entry point. A lot of the marketing implied that this is a a good entry point for newcomers. It felt like a soft reboot. I can say from the first few hours, it doesn't actually appear to be that way. Um, The story is uh, quite confusing. It's very simple, but I don't know what they're talking about a lot of the time. So I definitely took a step back and maybe watch some YouTube videos that told me what happened in the last games, which helped a lot because I had no idea what they were talking about. So if you haven't played Halo games and want to start here, do a little research because they just hop right in. Uh, But the gameplay is really, really well done. It's not perfect, but it is a fast-paced first-person shooter that it's really satisfying to just move around quickly. The grapple hook mechanic is what sets this game apart more than anything else. Um, I have been exploring the pseudo open world segment for a little bit now. There's nothing truly unique about it, but it feels nice because the movement is nice. Um, I also got a little flying vehicle a little bit ago and it like doesn't fly fly. It just like elevate or levitates above the ground a little bit. And that is by far my favorite way to get around the world. I don't know what it's called. Halo fans are probably going to be mad at me for not knowing what it's called, but I don't. Is it a warthog? Maybe. Does a warthog fly? I don't know. I just know that's a vehicle in the Halo games. I think a warthog is like a big jeep with a gun on the back. That makes sense. Because I also warthogs are ground are grounded. Yes, they are not airborne. Maybe it's called a parrot because it's red and flies. It's probably not, but we'll pretend. Yeah. So anyway, I was driving the parrot around the open world. I had a great time with it. Um, the more linear missions, I think, 
provide more satisfying combat because it's more intricately designed. Um, but overall, I have really positive initial impressions. I'm definitely planning on finishing this game. I thought maybe I'd just hop in for a couple hours to get impressions for this show and then step away, but I actually am quite invested. I'm planning on finishing this game. It seems like it was worth the wait. I haven't encountered like a single bug. I haven't encountered any moment where I was like, dang, this game needed more time in the oven. So I think that year delay probably was the right choice. It leaves me very curious what state this game was in, though, because... <laughs> You know, I feel like usually when a game gets delayed a long time, you can kind of see where they, like, put cement over the cracks. Like, you, even if there's not still cracks, you can kind of see where they fixed it up. But with this game, it's like, oh, like, was it just, like, completely not finished and you just needed another year from the get-go? I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It, it. There's no bugs or anything, so good on them for delaying it. If you have Game Pass, it's free, which if you have an Xbox... You, you should. It's also available on PC. The multiplayer is free. I gave my impressions of that a couple weeks ago. I will not be returning to that for more impressions, though. That's a one-and-done situation. So stay tuned. Hopefully I'll have uh, more extensive impressions in the near future. I also finished Shin Megami Tensei Five. I talked about this a lot last week, so keep this brief. But it took me 45 hours to finish. By the end, I was an utter powerhouse, which was a good and a bad thing. It was good because I was like, dang, I really figured this game out. I really tore it open and understood its insides. And then also it was kind of a bad thing because I was like, wow, I didn't die once in the final dungeon. And this game's supposed to be real hard. But if you have a Switch and you're interested in a very pure JRPG experience, it can't really get much better than that game. So that's Does what Jack I put. Huh? Is Jack Frost in that game? Jack Frost is in that game a lot. <gasps> Hee-ho. Hee-ho? There's a lot of hee-hoing. I love that for him. Yeah. He's and this is, this is not the Jack Frost played by Martin Short in the Santa <laughs> Claus 3. This is a different Jack Frost, just He's, to be clear. This is just a little guy. Yeah, this is He's, not a Disney film. He's just a little fellow. Yeah, and he has little pointy hat ear things, mm -hmm. and he goes he, hee-ho. Yeah, and he looks like a little snowman. He goes hee-ho. Yeah, and he says hee-ho a lot. Mm -hmm. He makes a lot of hee-ho puns as well. <laughs> so I guess for that reason, I recommend the game highly. Yes. So a big show happened this week, Kelly. But I feel we should uh, discuss the news that happened outside of that before we get into that. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, let's just started. take a step back. Let's just step out of the pool and into the puddle for a moment, if you will. So some news that just leaked today was that the Mega Man movie uh, that was first announced back in 2018 the live-action Mega Man movie, um, it leaked today that Netflix, it was going to be a Netflix production. Um, it hasn't been confirmed by Netflix, but it's been pretty much confirmed by the production company on accident. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a live-action Mega Man movie. 
coming to Netflix. Um, it's still really early in development, so nobody really knows when it's coming out. But that's uh, that's what's happening. Um, you know, Mega Man, he's a little guy, and now he's going to have a whole live-action movie. A live act. A, let me just... A live-action movie. Um, yeah. I don't know how um, I feel about this. <laughs> I feel bad about it. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. It feels bad. I don't know. I don't think it... It's funny because it's going to Netflix, which, as we've probably discussed, like Netflix is generally the best at video game adaptations as far as like major production companies go. But also it's Mega Man, which to me seems like probably the hardest to adapt into a live action thing. I don't not the hardest, but like it's not pretty, pretty I think tough. If they went like slightly more mature animated television series that is the only way i could see mega man working because they've done mega man before you know a cartoon came out a couple years ago and it was like it was childish and nobody liked it so we'll see there's i'm sure it's going to be a good couple years before we see anything about this but now we know it's coming to netflix which is potentially a good thing it's probably better on netflix than anywhere else in my opinion because they seem to slightly more so care about video game adaptations. Yeah. I I am am uh I don't know. I think Mega Man just lends itself very well to like an animated medium. And live I can't I just can't imagine a live action Mega Man that's not like uncanny valley or just like looks bad. Yeah. Like it's like it's kind of giving me the original Sonic movie vibes. I can, yeah, we'll see. Because, like, like, they have to hire, like, a kid. Yeah. And then put him in a Mega Man costume, and that's just going to look stupid. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. If Maybe if they go, like, really camp, it'll be, like, really good. But it's possible. Mega Man's not necessarily that campy. It takes itself pretty seriously, I feel. Yeah, which is why it'll feel even worse in live action. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. But speaking of live action video game adaptations... Some news on the Last of Us television series. They have casted Bill. It will be played by Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation, among other things. Uh, when I heard that name, my initial reaction was like, what? That doesn't... And then I clicked on an article about it, and it had a picture of Bill next to a picture of Nick Offerman. And I was like, oh, 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 oh. Th that's the same person. Um. And I think he's a very talented actor. And I think the role of Bill is kind of an important one. Because the video game... There's some interesting revelations about Bill that I think are important. There's some subtle revelations about Bill that I think are important. And I'm... I think this is a good casting. Even if every time I hear casting of a character, I feel like slightly more weary of what this show is going to be. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I'm um I'm looking at the general cast as a whole. Yeah. And the woman that that played Marlene in the games is playing her again in the show. I think we talked about this, but I it must I must have forgotten it. Is she playing Marlene or somebody else? It says she reprises her video game role of Marlene. 
Okay, because I thought that I knew that she was... I think somebody else from the game is also in the show as somebody else. Yeah. I think Tess, right? The the voice actress mm. for Tess. I'm not sure. It doesn't say anything about Tess. This I article in- doesn't have enough details. <laughs> I would be interested to see who would be playing Tess. Um, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I feel like she might be a hard character to get right because she's... Gruff. I think she's got a lot of depth, but she's also quite gruff. I... This also makes me think more so about how one-to-one it seems it's going for. And the segment that involves Bill is so gameplay heavy. More so than most of the game. Yeah. That I don't know how, like... What's this episode gonna be? The one with Nick Offerman in it. Like, I don't want to watch a cinematic adaptation of that one-hour gameplay segment. (laughs) Like, that sounds boring. I'd rather play it. So they have to be adding something, right? Yeah, possibly. Or not. That's also possible. Yeah. Probably some flashbacks, which I don't necessarily want either. Yeah. It's very interesting, like the 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 production team and the writing team. Also, I don't know Hollywood very well. Is this like just an announcement or did they just cast him? Because I thought the show was basically finished. They re so the original actor who was going to play him had to be recasted because of a scheduling conflict. So do they have to like reshoot the bill parts? I- I'm thinking they haven't shot them at all yet. I'm thinking they still have to shoot them. How's the show coming out next year still? Well, I will say I saw on Twitter a picture of um Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, like as Joel and Ellie, and they were on the horse and they were going into the hospital the Pittsburgh Hospital, which okay. is in the which is in the game. I mean, they don't shoot chronologically, so I mean, who knows? Maybe they have pretty much everything squared away, and they're just waiting on this one episode. And they had to wait because of this this original actor, and now he's not going to be a part of it anymore. So they just had to say screw it and recast. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we'll see. I'm excited to see Nick Offerman's performance, though. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I I think. Um, I'm also excited. I think it's a relatively good cast, so we'll see how it turns out. And I think the writers are quite good. I mean, the the guy from who wrote Chernobyl, I think did a great job with that show, and he's well, writing it. So, well, tune in next year when we binge watch probably <laughs> the ten hour series in one sitting. Yeah, it'll be cool and normal, <laughs> and we won't feel at all emotionally drained afterwards. No, absurd. You know what game I don't feel emotionally drained after playing? What's that? GTA 5 Online. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know what's happening with GTA 5 Online? I do. Audience don't. The audience doesn't know. Well, guess what? Dr. Dre, don't call it a comeback. He's going to be in the new expansion. Um, it's going to uh-huh. be featuring. So, in G- have you played the story mode for GTA Five? No. So there's a character named Franklin. He's um, on the cover, right? Yes. That's the one of the main three. Yes. So there's a character named Franklin. You play as him. So it's supposed to be set like way after the single player campaign, and you play as Franklin, and you're working with 
uh, Dr. Dre because he works at like a, a celeb, like a talent, not a talent agency. He works at like a celebrity agency, I guess. Um, he also did some music for the game. You know. Weird. I think it's interesting. Um, I would never suspect Dr. Dre of ever doing anything ever other than music. And he like barely even does music anymore. So it's very interesting that um, he's going to be in GTA 5 online for a story expansion. This really does demonstrate some prior comments they've made about using Grand Theft Auto Online as like a platform for media in general. Because like, you know, this is presenting, this is premiering music. And it makes me very weary of whatever Rockstar is doing in the future in that I don't think they're doing anything in the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, well. It's, it's, uh, it's, it is very interesting. I think it's kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say it's nice because it kind of feels like, um, I don't want to say selling out, but you know. It's, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's a little corporate But GTA 5 takes place in fake Los Angeles, fake California. So let's get Dr. Dre in Red Dead Redemption instead. <gasps> Honestly, that'd be way more interesting. It would be. He could be like a cowboy, like a yeah. saloon man. He like sings at the saloon, but he's also a cowboy. <laughs> no, he's a doc. He's like a real doc. He's like a doctor. Doctor Dre. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, yeah. The cr- never mind. Um, you know what else we should get him in? What else? What else should Doctor Dre be in? Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> um, but sadly, in the new gameplay preview, we got no Doctor Dre. Uh, but we did get a new gameplay preview, so that's not so bad. Um, this is not like an official trailer. It was just a, basically like a Japanese hype reel of a bunch of different games. And in that there's like about two minutes of new gameplay footage. Um, I'm personally very excited to watch this. I did watch it and I was very excited by it because it's, it's more uninterrupted versus like all the trailers we've seen have been pretty like, uh, cut up and been really like to excite you. But this actually has some uninterrupted gameplay footage. It shows off catching Pokemon in the wild. It shows off getting hit by Pokemon in the wild because Pokemon can hit you as the trainer. Um, and the catching mechanics, how like you actually aim the ball. And like if you miss, you could like irritate the Pokemon and then they do like unique attacks. Um, I think it's cool to note that when those Pokemon get irritated and go to attack you, like they have unique animations versus one of like the biggest negative things about Pokemon being like, it says like tackle and they just kind of like wiggle and then they play a little, they put a little PNG over the other Pokemon, and they're like, "Yeah, he, ta- they, they, they tackled, woo!" But now it actually has some unique animations. Um, I'm very excited. I think this uninterrupted gameplay did a really good job of making me more excited for this game. Yeah, it's very like, it's nice to see things different from what we've seen already. And I think, the, I mean, we've talked about the setting before, but I think it's just such a cool setting. It's like. You see like the old towns and stuff and the way that the Pokeballs look. They're like they're they're like little cages instead. Very um, ancient looking. Yeah, it's just a really cool setting. And I feel like I am more excited for this game now that I've seen this trailer. And I, I agree really completely. I really like is that 
It's not. Is it Stantler? Yeah. Hasui and Stantler. Hasui and Stantler. He looks so cool. He looks like some like ancient Nordic like deer god or something. <laughs> very cool. I'm very excited for this game. I agree. I'm also excited for um, the ability to customize my PlayStation 5 yes. on the outside. Yes. Um, this was So I was feeling a lot of emotions when I first saw this because... Um, so PlayStation revealed these replaceable console plates in, a, in like a few different colors and some controllers as well. So there's like blue, there's pink, there's red, there's black. Um, they're really nice colors. When I first saw it, I thought they were releasing new PlayStation 5s. And I was like, um, <laughs> I was like, are you sure about that? Are you <laughs> sure about that? Um, but it turned, they're just the plates. So you just like put them on the PlayStation itself and it yeah. changes the uh, the way the PlayStation looks. So there's quite a few different colors. There's something for everyone, I think. Um, Are you getting one? Yeah, I think I'm going to... I can't decide. So I really like the the pink. Yeah, me too. It's, it's just... It's, it's really good. It's pink. But I also really like the purple. Purple's my favorite color. Those were my two. But pink is also kind of my favorite color. So it's hard the, for me to choose. The only issue for me is that if I buy one of these, I also feel the need to buy the controller that matches it. Yeah. And these are not cheap. They're $55, which I think is a little excessive. Yeah. Um, But that means I'd have to pay 55 for that and then 70 for a new controller. And it's like, do I really want to pay $100 plus dollars just yeah. to change the color scheme yes i kind of do yes i do <laughs> yeah but come on we'll get that patreon money <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is what it'll go to and we can count it as a write-off because it's for the, no. it's for the show so we yeah. can review the colors right. like this pink is nice you can't look at it though because this is an auditory show <laughs> uh just know that we're playing with the pink controller uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeful that maybe this could lead to some like unique designs because if you think about like certain limited edition console releases related to games on like PlayStation 4 and stuff if you don't get that console you can never experience that design like I know Kingdom Hearts 3 had a really cool limited edition PlayStation 4 but like I already had one I'm not gonna buy another pay PlayStation 4 but this is like a, a nice alternative where like you pay way less than the console costs to change drastically how it looks, you know? Right. The, the faceplates are the majority of what you see. So this makes me hopeful that PlayStation will license out some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Maybe some, maybe like a God of War thing. Maybe like a um, Horizon thing. Maybe like a... Talking games with Kelly and Andrew thing. Games with Kelly and Andrew thing, but the, you know what this kind of makes me think of is like how um, Joy Cons people can make custom Joy Cons. I feel like this will lead to something similar, like people being able to make custom plates just using those. Um, and I think that would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, because it's way cheaper to buy those than to buy a PlayStation Five to replace, like just to take off the plates and sell them. Right. Right. So I'm excited. It's goofy, but I'm excited. Me too. Yaha. 
much less goofy is the new trailer for Devolver Digital's game Trek to Yomi. This is a... So we thought it was a side-scrolling game, but now it looks more like a 2.5D kind of situation based on this new trailer. It is a black-and-white samurai film-inspired game. Uh, It looks like it is going to focus a lot on environmental puzzle-solving, some light exploration, and then, of course, katana combat, because you're a samurai. This trailer, I think, did a good job of making me even more excited. This was one of my, like, underdog highlights of E3, and they announced that it's coming to all major platforms, so PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, and Series X, PC, and then on that list also includes Game Pass, which for me is exciting because now I don't have to pay for it. Uh, but they reiterated the 2022 release date. I'm quite excited for this one. I think, like I said, I think it's kind of an underdog from E3. And I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, it looks very cool. I uh, I like the black and white. I think it's a nice stylistic choice. Sort of an homage. Well, it's not sort of, you know, an homage to old samurai movies. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. Sorry, for some reason, I was watching the trailer as I was making my assessment. And for some reason, it put it in a private playlist for me with a bunch of other videos that I have now that are, like, unlisted that I watched way back in the day. So it it just, it, like, cut to a video that was, like, so not the trailer for the game. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was fun. like, what is going on? I like that YouTube glitches are making this show more. It's keeping us on our toes during the recording. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for that, and I didn't have anything. I had no material. Thank you, to, YouTube. Yeah, thanks, YouTube. You really screwed. You really, you really, you really screwed screwed up there. Yeah, and Kelly didn't. <laughs> Kelly didn't at all. Kelly was on her game. I knew exactly what I wanted to say there, and I executed it flawlessly. Uh, Speaking of flawless execution, (laughs) Thursday night of last week, as we discussed, the Game Awards happened. The Jeff Awards? The Jeff Awards. It was a three and a half hour epic full of exciting content. Remarkable celebrity appearances. (laughs) And of course all of the reveals that you've been waiting for. (laughs) Kelly, we watched the show together. We did, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat the whole three and a half hours. Yep. You were violently shaking. Yeah. With excitement. It was like The Exorcist. But three and a half hours and games. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly looked just like The Exorcisms. Uh Uh-huh. My head was spinning around. Yeah. I was um, being very vulgar, and <laughs> vomiting split pea soup. It was it was it was a wild night. <laughs> um, in actuality, the first hour and a half of the show is pretty good, fast paced, lots of reveals, interesting little things, and then the last two hours, because it was again three and a half hours long, were insufferably long, full of almost no reveals, and. Um, one of the most convoluted long 
boring shows I've seen in quite a while. So did, do you feel similarly? Yeah, I think we have, we're of the same opinion here. I feel yeah. like they reeled us in with a little carrot and then they snatched it away from us. It was like we were having fun. The show was good and then it was bad. Very. And it was like just continued to be bad. And <laughs> well, we won't, I mean, we'll talk about the end of the show, but uh, it was not good. And I'm mad that I wasted like two hours of my life on it, to be honest. I could have been doing other things. Could have been knitting a hat. Way I, better. Yep. I could have been making french fries and then eating them. Ooh. I could have been baking a cake. I could have been taking a walk. I could have been um, purchasing a, a cat papoose so that I could take my cat everywhere I go in a papoose. Um, but I could not do any of these things because the Game Awards were on and I didn't want to miss anything important. Um, and I didn't miss anything important. N nor would you have if you didn't watch it. Yeah. So next time I'll just get the papoose and call it a day. Good. Um, well, do you want to get us started on what they announced? This is going to be a lot more fun for the audience of this show because... It'll be a much more compressed version. We will only talk about things as long as they deserve to be talked about versus substantially longer. Yes. So one of the um, high points of the evening was that there was a new story trailer for Elden Ring. Um, it showed off some, some cut scenes, some story beats, um, some narrative threads that we had not seen before, some that we had, some that we hadn't. Um, you know, the game comes out in like two months. So I, 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 you know, there's only so much that I can say about it that hasn't already been said on this show. I'm very excited. I'm excited for the story because I think it's very interesting that it was written in collaboration with George R. R. Martin, who is the author of the Game of Thrones book series. Or, I'm sorry, a Song of Ice and Fire book series. <laughs> The first book is called Game of Thrones. Just, you know, flexing my nerd muscle a little bit. But anyway, I'm very excited. I felt good about this trailer. And I yeah. feel good about Elden Ring still. And I think that's pretty much everyone's feeling that right yeah. now. I think I think we've seen enough gameplay at this point. I think we've seen a lot, after, especially after that extensive reveal a while ago and a lot of people playing the, the beta. So seeing some pure story content was actually really exciting and i thought this trailer was incredibly well done it also had some nice callbacks to the reveal trailer from many years ago so i'm excited it's definitely up there as one of my most anticipated games for next year yes i think it's my most anticipated game completely fair we'll talk we'll you know we'll talk about that more later, <laughs> later. when who knows i guess who you'll knows? have to tune in and find out mm, in two weeks in one week? In two weeks. Yes. So my most anticipated game, of course, is, of course, of course, is the new, of course, Saints Row. Yeah? Of uh, course. Of course. <laughs> um, this is, they had a gameplay reveal for the, the new Saints Row game, 
last time we saw this game, it was almost exclusively cinematic with like a couple seconds of gameplay. But this was a, a longer two minute trailer that had a lot more gameplay, showed the open world a bit. I still am weary. I think the colorful parts are really cool, and I think they match the Saints Row aesthetic quite well. I'm not a fan of how much brown and orange environments there are, though. I think it kind of takes away from the exciting aesthetic that Saints Row is known for. Yeah, I feel like so many games are just so brown these days. Yeah. So orange. You know what game... Well... You know what game isn't very, you know, you know what game has a lot of colors? Uh, what game? Uh, is a little video game came out December 2020. Um, it's called Cyberpunk 2077. But I will say there are, there is a big brown and orange section of the game. Yeah. <laughs> in the desert. So. I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't need any more desert games. It'd be crazy if there was more desert game. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm really tired of seeing all the dunes in the desert. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Uh, thank you. Um, so something else that was revealed at the Game Awards was a, was a uh, <laughs> real-time strategy game. An RTS called Dune, Spice Wars, Spice Girls. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. It's a real-time strategy. Well, I said that already. Uh, that's pretty much all <laughs> we know about it. <laughs> there was really not a lot of detail in the trailer. Um, so if you're a big fan of Dune and you're a big fan of real-time strategy games, I know you have a really big brain. So uh, <laughs> this is something to be excited about. For all you big brains out there who could read Dune in its entirety and also enjoy real-time strategy games, yeah, good for you guys. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have a special type of intelligence to have not not even intelligence. Uh, I think just a attention span. Uh, Brilliance to, to uh, have that intersection of your life. Brilliance. Brilliant. True, unending intelligence levels. This sounds like we're being like facetious, but it's I'm I'm being honest. My I'm brain being, does not have that capacity. I'm being facetious. <laughs> um, okay. But but my small brain thankfully can enjoy the new trailer for Forspoken. The new trailer for Space Forspoken. This is a, uh, a Square Enix game. We saw this at the last PlayStation Showcase with a spring release date at the time. This trailer confirmed a May 24th release date. Uh, we got a new... It was mostly story-focused trailer. And then Square Enix separately released a four-minute gameplay reveal after that. I thought the story trailer was fine. I'm much more excited by the gameplay reveal because... I feel we hadn't truly seen this game play out much. The traversal looked really, really fun and fast in the open segments, but this actually demonstrated that quite a bit. And seeing some of the combat, it reminded me of the best parts of Final Fantasy XV, and this is that same studio making this. Um, there's this part where 
the main character summons a giant ball of water and like a bunch of the enemies get sucked up into it and it's just very cool very nice visual effects uh i don't know it's it's it looks fun i'm a a tad weary and i think this might be one where i don't pre-order but just wait till the day of release to see what kind of reception it's getting but i do i am glad that the final fantasy 15 team luminous productions is still around after some criticisms of that game this game is not sponsored by coleman camping equipment so therefore so i'm not playing it (laughs) um i'm just kidding i thought it looked good too i also i'm not sure though i think their faces looked a little bit funky and the cover for the game i don't know if you've seen it 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 looks like it looks really (laughs) fake it looks like one of those covers that is like cover to be announced so it's like the not the not real cover yet but uh, i think it's the real one and it looks pretty bad it's pretty rough (laughs) so that doesn't like inspire like confidence but sorry i sounded so unsure when i said that i was like that doesn't like inspire like confidence it's ironic to say that with no confidence (laughs) that's true i'm projecting i'm excited to see how this game goes I don't. I also will probably not be pre-ordering, and I probably won't be buying day one. But maybe it just was not forespoken in the cards for me. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> As Natasha Benningfield once said, "The rest is still unwritten." Ooh, and you can feel the rain on your skin in this next story. That's true. You know what else is unwritten is Alan Wake's next book. <laughs> so we're laughing too much so something (laughs) so really exciting news for kelly specifically um alan wake 2 was announced at the game awards um and it ended with a jump scare that kind of was mean of them i don't know why they did that it was a little bit mean but um (laughs) it's gonna be a horror game it's gonna be a scary game um, and it'll be out in 2023. So that's like two years from now. And uh, you are playing as Alan Wake and it's going to be scary. <laughs> that's all I got, folks. <laughs> I mean, that that is exciting because the first game was more of an action product. And this one's leaning into the horror element more, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one, he, the guy described the guy. The developer described it as, <laughs> <laughs> you know. That just guy, dude. <laughs> some guy came up on stage and just like, yeah, it's it's spooky. It's scary, I guess. Um, the developer was it described the first game as like an action game with horror elements, and this is he said this one's just straight up scary. That's so, so exciting. I know. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready to be scared. <laughs> I think, and this is kind of sad because I'm realizing we have a whole show left to talk about. Um, this was probably, in my opinion, the most surprising and arguably exciting announcement from the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Definitely surprising. Exciting is subjective. Surprising, I think that's pretty, nobody was ready for that. Yeah. Because even so, like, as a new Remedy game, I, a new Remedy game made sense to me to some extent. Alan Wake 2 is not what I would have guessed, though. 
Yeah. Okay. What? You want to repeat that? <laughs> Can I hear that one more time? Roll it back. I was just <laughs> Roll it back. I was just filling the dead air with um just some, you know, ambiance. It was like one second. Can I tell a really funny story from when we watched the Game Awards? Yes. No. I mean, you know the story. You were there. You were 50% of the story. Mm. When we were watching, they had the uh, they had the orchestrated medley of songs from all the Game of the Year contenders. And we'll talk, we'll talk about Game of the Year later. But after it was over, the camera panned back over to Neil Druckmann, who is presenting that. And he says, let's hear it again. And then pauses <laughs> and says, for the orchestra. But both Kelly and I looked at each other like, wait, is he asking them to like play the medley again? Play it again, maestro. <laughs> it sounded so distinctly. And it was right after he like slowly turned back to the camera and looked at the camera for like two full seconds of silence before starting to talk again. And then he was just like, silence, silence. Let's hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> like he just didn't want to do the next part. So we were cracking up. He's a silly guy. He's a silly guy. <laughs> uh, Neil Druckmann was not the only presenter there, though. Teddy from Persona 4 also showed up in a little trailer for Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. This is a PlayStation 3 and 360 game that is now getting ported to PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC next year, 2022. This, uh, it's a sequel to Persona 4 Golden. I think it's pretty exciting that they are bringing it back since there's really no great way to play this game now. I, I think this was a really good opportunity to, like, add some DLC, you know, maybe bring in some Persona 5 characters as, like, non-canon playable fighters because it's a fighting game. But we'll see. I don't know how much it's going to cost. If it's full price and doesn't have anything new, then I'll be a lot more weary. But I think it's very cool that it's coming forward since it's on such an inaccessible platform. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like Persona 4 Arena Ultimax is um <clears throat> well i don't want to say this because i guess they're all good but i i feel like it's one of the one of the persona spinoffs that really like started this whole we're doing more we're doing more we're doing more i mean obviously persona 3 had a lot of spinoffs but they weren't really spinoffs they were just sort of alternate versions of the game yeah. um whereas this is more of just like these characters are going to do this um they're going to fight each other and then it was like well in the next spinoff they're going to dance with each other <laughs> <laughs> and then in the next one, they're going to be little chibis and they're going to go through little chibi adventures. Um, so I'm excited to to play this again. Um, I'm excited to see characters, my beloved characters from Persona 3 and 4. Because I'm, well, I'm very attached to the characters in Persona 3 because it was one of my favorite games. But anyway. Can I make a note from the start of the trailer that's like, incredibly detail oriented but that it makes me very excited yes 
it opens, like I said, with Teddy from Persona 4 being like, hey, everybody, here I'm here to present a game, blah, blah, blah. And then behind him is the Persona 25th anniversary logo. And then it zooms in on the Persona 4 section of it. And when watching this, I'm like, oh, does that mean there's going to be like more trailers later and they'll zoom in on the other parts? And I'm like, oh, what does that mean for Persona 1, 2, 3, and 5? Like, what do they have for those? Because that's all the only way I can think about it now is what if like this is just a trailer format they're establishing to announce all these new things and then maybe even at the end it just zooms in on the 25 and that turns into Persona 6? That would be wild. That would be a really cool format if, like, at all major shows for, like, the next year, this was here and they keep announcing new, cooler things. It brings me back, it gives me hope again for these Persona announcements because I know, like, early on we were getting pretty unexcited for a bit. But this could be really cool. And also, it's just cool that Arena Ultimax is back. Yeah, I like your theory. I think Atlas US marketing team should hire you for that. Thanks. I'll call them and tell them you said that. I'll call them and tell them that you are sus. <gasps> that you are sus imposter. <laughs> that you are going to be vented for being a sus imposter. Can I, I really I wish going? we had no Among Us news and you were just saying that for fun. <laughs> Among Us. Among Us. Um, there was Among Us news. Sorry, I can't not say it like that. <laughs> um, is going to be Among Us in VR. So the scariest possible way to play that game. Boop, do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Um, that was my impression of the Among Us theme. I'm sorry, I can't stop. Yeah. Are you excited for this? Yeah, I mean, not really. <laughs> I don't have VR, and I kind of like haven't played Among Us in months. So this isn't like the most exciting news for me. Um, but I'm happy for fans of Among Us who are also fans, I mean, who also own VR. Um, I think it sounds terrifying. I do, I th and I think it would be kind of fun to just like immerse yourself in the game that way, but... I think it would also not be good for my um, delicate sensibilities. Um, I might get a little bit scared. I, I'm scared preemptive. Just like the shot in the trailer of the big red Among Us boy just sprinting at the <laughs> camera. I'm like, that's terrifying. Yeah, he he was a little bit scary. Um. Also, as a side note, in all of the trailers for this, I saw, so it's coming to PlayStation VR, Steam, and then a little thing called the Meta Quest 2. I oh. own an Oculus Quest 2, but apparently I don't. Apparently they changed the name from Oculus to Meta. And this isn't like a show about the greater technological field, but I really hate Facebook's new name. And knowing that my device I purchased has a new name without having, like, I didn't know. I didn't like that. And this is a uh, finding out in an Among Us trailer is just strange. Among Us. Among Us on my meta. Uh, but speaking of meta things, Matrix, new film coming out soon. Mr. Yes. Mr. Reeves. <gasps> oh. And Miss 
Miss Moss. Anne Moss, I think. Is it oh, no, Anne Moss? Or is it, no, is I it, think her name's Carrie Ann, and then her last name is Moss. That's what I thought. Carrie Ann right. Moss and Keanu Reeves were at the showcase, in quotes. Most of the people that were quote-unquote at this showcase weren't there. They were pre-recorded videos, which heck and Jeff advertising all these people being there, and then they were all just like recorded on that person's iPhone. Um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss showed up. They revealed a trailer for their movie. The movie? They revealed a movie trailer. Resurrections? Yeah, no. At the they Game re- Awards? They revealed a movie trailer at the Game Awards. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what you should do at a Game Awards. Reveal movie trailers. But they also revealed something uh, we knew a little bit about. A Matrix Unreal Engine 5 demo. It is out already. It's on PlayStation 5 and Series X. I played it. It was weird. It like switched between real life and real time cutscenes back and forth. So you were like trying to figure out which one was which. And it did a very good job. It was very realistic looking. The opening like five minutes was basically just a cutscene and then it ended. And then it was like, now you could just walk around the open world. It was supposed to be impressive. And I'm still excited about Unreal Engine 5. It wasn't impressive. The character models and lighting were really incredible in the opening, but the second it opened up, like, it looked worse than, like, Spider-Man, for example, on PlayStation 4. And also, it was so janky, and you could drive cars, and it was really bad. But also, it was so fun. I recommend getting this demo if you have a PlayStation 5 or Series X and just, like, hecking around in the quote-unquote open world it's fun also you can fly but it it doesn't just like it doesn't fly it just like takes the camera and pans up from behind the character i'm like the character's not flying the camera is flying uh i recommend looking into it it's very funny i am upset that this is one of the last things they announced in the show but that was just more so a greater consequence of a badly paced show yeah yeah I don't, it's, yeah. I mean, it's also like, why are we, I'm not trying to be a hater, but why are we like doing tech demos at a video game show? Like tech demos are cool and all. They're cool when you watch them. To like play them, it's kind of like, meh. I'd rather be playing like a teaser, like a playable teaser. (gasps) But that's, I guess that's kind of what this was, but I don't know. It just was not, it really didn't do a very good job of like really selling it, you know? It didn't no. do a good job of selling the Matrix or whatever, and it didn't do a good job of selling the Unreal Engine. No, but. I think just the first real game we see using Unreal Engine 5 is going to be what sells it. Until then, it's just going to be waiting, you know? Yeah. So, um, we didn't see any playable teasers called Silent Hills. Uh-uh. But we oh. did see a game called Slitterhead <laughs> um, made by the creator of Silent Hill. It is a scary game. It looks to be some sort of like body horror game mm-hmm. um, set in Japan, I think. I mean, that's really what it looks like to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just assuming. But... Um, it's got 
the composer from Silent Hill and the creator of Silent Hill. So it's got a few Silent Hill uh, veterans. It didn't really look like a Silent Hill game, so I don't think that, but I don't think that was the expectation anyway. It just kind of looked like a fun, like, like campy over the top horror game, um, like body horror game. Which I, th- I feel like it's not really. We haven't really seen a game like that in a while. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I mean, it looks a lot more like an action horror game than a like horror game. Like a lot more themed around horror elements than actually a horror game. Yeah, which is like half. It it looks. I think it looks quite good, and I like like a lot of the aesthetic choices. But from this creator specifically, I'm like, it'd be really cool to see like your take on the horror genre. But I think it's also implied that like this is what he wants to do and creators make better games when they want to be making them. Right. And if you think about the first silent Hill game, I mean, I I almost feel like the psychological horror element of it wasn't really introduced until the second silent Hill game. Yeah. And even like, even past it, 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 silent Hill three, silent Hill four, they're scary, but they're not, it's not like as deep and like mentally uh, in depth as silent Hill two. Um, which is a game that really is all about this one specific man's psyche. The spooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A spooky, a spooky game. I'm excited for this game. I kind of wish it had like a release date because it yeah. feels a little strange that it's kind of just like this game that has a recognizable creator but a very unrecognizable name behind it. Like Slitterhead. Slitterhead. Which is not a good name. It's it's not fun. It doesn't come off the tongue very well. Like it's, it feels like a slur. I know. <laughs> it's like if you miss a letter anywhere, you're going to say something you regret. <laughs> There's a lot of opt, like a Wait, lot of possibility for failure. You can, you can bleep this out. Go ahead. Head. Okay. You got another one? Head. Uh-huh. Mm, that's all I got. Can you give me a beep sound? I'm going to use your beep. Beep. Yep. Honk. All of this is in. Huh? I only needed the one, but I, I think I, think I, I like all of this. I some options. Thank you. Um, I hope I don't die. Me too. Oh, I- me too. But if you do, <laughs> no, I don't even <laughs> like saying that. <laughs> well, if I did, just tell me to have a nice death. <laughs> this is, uh, there was a reveal and the pre-show for a new roguelite game. It's about death. It is a 2D side-scrolling game. This is one of the games that while watching, I said this, like, this would be really cool in the show. Like, this is a little indie game. I think it deserves a bigger audience than whoever was just watching the pre-show. And it was more interesting than, like, a lot of the action AAA games that were in the show. And I'm excited for it. Honestly, like, this is one of my higher, more anticipated games of 2022 now. I think the style's really cool and the gameplay looks really nice and fluid. And he was a really cute little guy. He's so cute. He's tiny. He's just a little guy. Teeny boy. He's cute. Yeah. There's not a lot to say. It was a pretty simple trailer with a cute cinematic, but I recommend looking into it if you're even faintly interested in roguelites. Yeah. 
So, um, at the top of the hour, well, at the top of the show, um, we got some really, really cool and interesting, like, Star Wars cinematics, uh, look to be from, like, around the prequel era, like, the New Republic era, um, really, uh, really well done, a couple different, like, settings and stuff like that. It, it was like a new Star Wars game. It was like, wow, wow. Um, it's called, and then it cut to the title screen, and it was called Star Wars Eclipse, and then it said Lucasfilm Studios, and then it said Quantic Dream. It happened. So all those rumors about a, a Star Wars Quantic, uh, Quantic Dream Star Wars uh, were true. All the rumors were true in the words of the great Lizzo. Um, Andrew, how did you feel about this trailer? Well, it's okay. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I do not like Quantic Dream. I think they are not a good studio. Um, I have played their some of their games, but I have heard really not good things about the studio and the man in charge, the man who founded it, David Cage. Yes. The, the man himself. <clears throat> um, not to be confused with David Spade. who's a great guy. Uh, sure. Grown-ups too, anybody? <laughs> I wish they made... I wish Quantic Dream made a grown-ups game instead of a Star Wars game. <laughs> so, we'll see. There's not those... a lot to say because it's only cinematic. Right. And for those who don't know... Quantic Dream made has made like Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human. So really like choice focused games um, that can often have some pretty heavy handed allegory in them. I mean, Detroit Become Human was like egregious. Really fun game. I really enjoyed the, well, we don't have to get into it, but there's like one section of the game that I really enjoy. Um, but the other sections are a little bit like, ooh, okay, we get it. It's uh, it's delicate subject matter handled very indelicately. So, you know, we'll see how they do with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, maybe okay. It's going to be a long, I bet it's a long time till we actually see this game. Yeah, I'm going to say like 2023. I'd say that's the earliest, like late 2023. And honestly, 2024 doesn't sound too crazy for this. Wow. Um, at another point in the show, there was a live musical performance. It was very uh, 1940s-esque, and it was for Cuphead. The DLC, called The Last Course, got a new trailer, and after many, many delays, it has finally received a June 30th release date. I was very excited. I thought it was a very cute trailer. I'm just, I just want more Cuphead. I think Cuphead's one of the better made games in the past decade. And the idea of playing more of it is exciting. At this point, I was surprised they didn't just like expand the scope and make it a sequel, as a lot of developers like to do. But you know what? They stuck to their original vision and they're doing it. It's coming out June 30th. I'm very excited for this one. Yeah. I can't play Cuphead because I have high blood pressure, but I. <laughs> Really, I love the style, and I'm happy for Cuphead. He I'm happy for Cuphead heads that they get to play this long-awaited DLC. Yeah. 
So, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, so Telltale decided to show their little face at the their little game awards. Resurrected face. And they said, "Oh, um, uh, uh, we have a uh, two games we want to show you guys." Um, and it was a, uh, you know, Telltale Games. They're, uh, you know, like the Walking Dead game and the Wolf Among Us. Among Us. <laughs> and um, there's a Batman Telltale game. Uh, so they said, you know what? We're going to take other franchises that you love and we're just going to rip them all up. We're going to rip them to shreds. Um, I don't know who loves The Expanse. I'm not going to lie. But uh, they announced an Expanse game. I've heard good things about The Expanse. I'm not trashing it. I just don't know anybody in my real life who watches it. Um, and then another space game, as if one wasn't enough, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do Star, we're gonna do Star Trek game too." So we got Star Trek and Star Wars in the same show. That's pretty crazy. Um, the Star Trek game looked really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> There's a I, part it just... where it's really bad. There's that part in the trailer where, like, you like it, like focuses on someone in in like a Star Trek captain's shirt, and your two choices were. Follow orders and disobey. <laughs> deep, deep thoughts. Lots to think about, Kelly. Lots to think about. <laughs> Me when I. <laughs> uh huh. You when you uh what? Go for it. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for the punch line. When I tell myself that I shouldn't get coffee in the morning and I should just make it at home and save money and I should follow orders. <laughs> Disobey. But I disobey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it looks really bad. The Expanse game looked okay, but I'm not fam- I'm not like familiar enough with that uh property to really understand uh what it looked like. I just feel like it's it's so it's a double-edged problem because in the one on the one hand, I think it's already weird that Telltale is making licensed games in an era when like like that this was like prime when they were at when they were really doing a lot like five to ten years ago this would have made a lot of sense but now i'm just like this is kind of weird and it was also in a show that was so upsettingly packed with licensed products (laughs) like when you look at the full list of games it's majority licensed games yeah it's original games are just like not being shown here and then you look at like the game of the year nominees and they're all original and it's like so there's there is still a lot of original game content but this show just showed almost exclusively licensed games and i feel like these two tales hill games really exemplified that along with another one we're going to talk about shortly yeah and i also feel like you know it would be a really easy win for them to do a beloved game of theirs that was sequel baited really hard yeah. Um, called the Wolf Among Us, um, and yet, and yet, we're doing Star Trek. We're doing The Expanse. Okay. I don't know who those are for, honestly. Okay. The The Wolf Among Us has like a lot of people waiting for a sequel, but The Expanse. Among. Among. I'm just gonna move on before you can even make that. Before you can turn into an Among Us machine again. Among Us. <laughs> Sonic. My my friend Sonic 
my good pal Sonic, was there. He was there. Uh, both Ben Schwartz, the guy who voices him in the movie, and the, the blue blur himself. The blue burr. Blue blur. Blue bill burr. The blooper. The blue bill burr. Blue, blue, blue blur. Bill Burr if he was in the movie Avatar. Sonic Frontiers <laughs> got a trailer. This is the game that was teased last year. Oh, no, it was teased earlier this year. Excuse me. But uh, they finally revealed the title of the new upcoming Sonic Team game. The trailer showed off some open world elements as well as some more realistic looking environments. It was revealed after that it's being written by a head writer from the Sonic comic series, which is very highly received by the Sonic fan base, among others. What? Among? Among us? Yeah, among us on the podcast. Um, Yeah, among us. Anyway, uh, I think it looks pretty okay. I'm a little concerned because like, if, if this was like a PlayStation 4, 5 game, I don't think I'd be concerned by anything I saw. But the fact that this is also supposed to run on Switch, I'm like, where are they cutting corners to make sure this thing can run on such a weak piece of hardware? But it's holiday of next year or holiday of 2022. I'm going to keep my keep my mind open. I'm hopeful. I think it looks a lot more interesting than Sonic Forces ever did. So maybe, maybe it runs redeem. at like 10 frames per second. I mean, on and Switch, that wouldn't surprise corners. me. <laughs> honestly That's like true. that wouldn't surprise it i mean 30 is the max i imagine on ps5 maybe it'll run nicely but um but that wasn't the only sonic news we got we also got a trailer for sonic the hedgehog 2 the movie um <gasps> it revealed knuckles so we finally got to see <gasps> his design and hear mr idris elba speak as him uh, he's a dirty liar for saying that he wasn't going to do a sexy version of Knuckles. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Oh, my God. I'm glad we're, we're of the same mindset. Um, no, it was it was it was pretty good. I mean, it was just one line, so I don't really know. But it also revealed uh, Jim Carrey's new design, which is a lot more faithful to the original Eggman design, as well as confirmation that Colleen O'Shaughnessy, whose name I had never pronounced correctly, will be reprising her role as Tails. She is from the games, so I think it's kind of cool that she gets to gets to be in the movies instead of just picking some random Hollywood person to do it. And I thought it was a really nice trailer. I think the shot of Sonic and Tails in all bundled up in winter gear in a doorway is the best shot I've seen in my life of anything ever. And also, Knuckles looks cool. I'm very excited. What were your thoughts? I uh, <clears throat> I never saw the first Sonic movie. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I'm not mad. Go ahead. Uh, uh <laughs> Um but I am excited because I love Idris Elba and I'm holding out for a hero. Um I mean, I'm holding out for a Shadow the Hedgehog surprise <gasps> in the movie. Voiced by Mm, I'm manifesting mm, Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> I was genuinely excited to hear what you were going to say. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm manifesting that he's voiced by like, uh, I don't know. Aziz Ansari. Ugh. Who else was in Parks and Rec with 
Ben Nick Schwartz. Offerman. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Offerman as Shadow the Hedgehog. Or Jerry, the guy that played Jerry. Who I don't know. Who's Jerry? Oh, Gary. Gary. Yeah. T- Terry. Jerry. Barry. I don't know. I, I just think it would be show. cool. Or maybe Amy. Is Amy in the first one? No. I think they, they should just bring her. everybody in. They probably will. Rouge, Maybe not Rouge the Bat. <clears throat> oh, no, I don't think you could push it that far. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think you got to stick she's to a like... Little, uh, she's a little bit much, I think. Uh, yeah, that's a good um, way of putting it. I... <laughs> you know what? It's funny. What? What's funny? I love... I So I used to play a lot of Sonic Heroes, and Team Dark was my favorite. And that was Sonic. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that was Shadow and Rouge the Bat and... Omega, the robot. And that was like my favorite. So you hope Omega's in this movie? Uh, no. Oh. That's kind of a deep cut, I think. But I hope Shadow makes a surprise cameo. Voiced by Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. not a bad idea. It's I just really getting, like that. <laughs> it's just getting like a little bit more and more unattainable. But Yeah. Um, <laughs> so LGBT icon Wonder Woman, LGBT plus icon Wonder Woman. Is she? No. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say. Actually, I think maybe um in one of the comics she is uh a lesbian. Superman's gay now. Aren't I mean I think every superhero is a little bit gay. <laughs> with um, that spent with those outfits. <laughs> um. No, uh, <laughs> so the team that made Shadows of Mordor revealed that they're making a Wonder Woman trailer. It was like a really, trailer? really quick. They're game. making. They're they revealed. Making, they, making you know a what? They probably made the trailer too, but um, <laughs> no, they're making a game, <laughs> a Wonder Woman game. But the teaser was really, really short. It was literally like nothing, and it was like Diana, you are meant great things and it was like okay like we've heard the same thing about the same superheroes for like 20 years now I'm over it <clears throat> sorry I'm over it and I I have no attachment to this trailer whatsoever and there's I really don't have anything to say about it that's fair I just feel like this was really when we started to be like okay I think we have enough license stuff yeah plus it's I mean Shadows of Mortar is, is, a, is a fun game um but you know We'll see. We'll see what happens. Keeping we'll the DC train rolling. There was a new trailer for Suicide Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, I know I just trashed on the licensed games, but I actually am quite excited for this one. Uh, and this is the first time we've seen gameplay. I thought it looked really nice. Um, it was clearly like heavily cut and edited, but I do trust Rocksteady quite a bit. So I have high hopes for this one. Still no release date, but I do feel better having seen gameplay now. Uh, I, while we were watching, laughed very hard because it opens with a a guy, one of the Suicide Squad, who I do not know the name of, recording himself in selfie mode on his phone. And it's not recording. <laughs> they put, and I like I laughed way too hard because it's like the bubble instead of the square, meaning he's not recording. So, but there were a couple like legitimately good jokes. Um, one in particular, he's there's a character aiming a sniper at the Flash, and he and he fires, and then instantly, 
the flash is behind him and he asks did you get him and i was like that's funny that's that's a good joke but i <laughs> yeah i laughed did you enjoy the trailer kelly are you excited for this yeah. game at all yeah yeah yeah. it looked good i don't think i'm gonna buy it like off the bat but i would like to see it i'm excited i would to like see to more. see it it's just hard. It's hard these days with video games to be like, yeah, I'm going to buy it day one because like you really don't know what it's going to be like day one. And yeah. it's like 70 bucks you're yeah. sinking into a game. That's a lot of money for a game that you can't get. I mean, I've spent, <laughs> you know, I've spent almost $100 on Cyberpunk 2077. So I really have no room to talk about anything <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anywhere. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> So we were talking about Halo earlier in this episode, um, uh-huh. and surprise, surprise, I didn't know Halo was getting, I did know, um, I didn't know it was this far in development. Halo is getting a TV series um, by Steven Spielberg, uh, you know, Super 8, uh, everybody's favorite Steven Spielberg movie. I, that was a weird one to go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, E.T., <laughs> uh, Jaws, uh there were a lot of there were a lot of jaws esque moments in this trailer. Yeah, yeah, a lot of big sharks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's kind of a brief trailer. It's not super long, but there are shots of all sorts of futuristic people and a big master chief. And to me, I'm not gonna lie, it looked a little bit cheap. Cheap, cheap. A little bit cheap. But you know what? I, you know, I could just be saying that. Who knows? I no, mean, I, I felt it too. <laughs> it just looked a little bit like, ooh, are we sure about this, you guys? I don't know about this one. But, you know, Steven Spielberg, he just needs to throw a giant shark in there and then, you know. It's over. Oh, my God, Jurassic Park? How could I forget? Big dinosaur. Are there any dinosaurs in Halo? I don't know. I just started Infinite. Well, if you encounter any dinosaurs or giant sharks, you have to let me know. I'll message you and we'll release an addendum episode where we just acknowledge <laughs> that fact. Thank you. What did um, you think of this trailer, Andrew? I agree. It looked really cheap. I was impressed by the suit. I thought the suit looked really, really, really good. But I was also like, well, I guess that's kind of the one thing they definitely had to do perfect or else what? what's the point? So I'm not excited but I will watch it when it comes to Paramount Plus next year. For some reason, I thought it was Disney Plus. <laughs> but I <laughs> no, guess I Paramount work. Plus makes more sense. Um, so we watched the game Awards, and the point of the game Awards is awards for games. Um, you may not understand that fact if you watch the show, because <laughs> they sure didn't care about the awards. Um, that's one thing I hate about the show is like a lot of the awards got like knocked out in like 20 second segments. They would do really quickly. And I think that like really undersells the importance of some of these categories. Like best soundtrack. Why on earth is that like a side thing? I know. But the game of the year winner at the game awards 2021 was it takes two. I I want to like eat my words a little bit. This is the one game when we were like discussing the announcement. I was like, I feel like the only game that would surprise me to win would be It Takes Two. Well, you and were surprised. It, I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised. And then I saw 
Joseph Fares walk on on stage, and I was like, oh, it's the completion of the story arc. You know, the F the Oscars guy won game of the year. It all makes sense. He's, um, I think I'm in love with him. Oh. Like, we should call him in love or just, like, appreciate yeah. him? Oh. oh. No, I mean, that. Uh, so what no, did you I... think about It Takes Two winning, though? <clears throat> Were you surprised? Um, I was surprised. I think it was kind of a weird year anyway. Um, there were no like huge, like Last of Us 2 came out last year, right? That was a big deal. And it was like, you know, it was even a bigger deal when it won because everybody was mad. But I, I think it's nice just because it's kind of, it shows that there is more flexibility in the types of games that win game of the year. Um, yeah. No, it's not all I just like huge AAA titles all the time. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I mean, I genu- generally thought it was a good thing. I like Joseph, um, as we've established. And <sighs> I have no qualms. Yeah, I think it's cool. And also like we're at a point where it's like game of the year doesn't really matter. It's kind of like. Your favorite yeah. game of the year is what matters. It's fun to hear other people's opinions, but like there's no definitive one award. Right. So. Right. And everybody goes on Steam and it's like game of the year version. Every game yeah. gets it. Yeah. Are we sure? Are we yeah. sure you won that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you want to say anything else about it? it takes two winning? No, no. I think that covers it basically. Not a lot to say really. So, um, as is tradition, uh, there was like one big reveal kind of towards the end. I, you know, it's kind of subjective if you think it's big or not. I didn't. Um, I, don't, I don't think anybody did. To be honest, <laughs> uh, so a bunch of, uh, well, okay, let me reframe this. So the final game reveal was a game called Arc Raiders. Uh, which is going to be a PVE, a person, people versus enemy shooter from X-Dice uh, developers. Um, so they all got together and they made this game called Arc Raiders. Uh, it's got kind of a cool, like the menu styling is really cool. It's got kind of like a retro, like space race kind of, you know, everybody's starting to cash in on that like, oh, we should do cool menu styles. But um, the game itself looked a little bit drab. Um, and I just, I'm sorry, I really have no interest in a PVE sci- sci-fi shooter. It's uh, also not a good way to end a show. Yeah, it was really bad. It was, I mean, it was fitting. It was fitting. <laughs> but also so stupid. Like, it, it really proved that Jeff is completely tone deaf. He made that comment about four or five games on par with Elden Ring's gameplay reveal. Not one, not one of them, honestly. Like there were a couple that I liked. I really liked the Sonic stuff. I think Suicide Squad looked great. I thought some of the pre-show stuff was really cool. Cuphead, great. This was a three and a half hour show though. And that was, I just said 10 minutes worth of trailers. You know, it wasn't, it was a bad show. I appreciate the announcements in it and I'm excited for the games that were talked about, but my word. What a waste of my three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, this was uh, 
a knife in the heart uh, directly from Mr. Keeley. He said, oh, you were excited. Um, I don't think so. Uh, and it's my fault. Uh, I said, you're going to see these reveals. And I lied. And I don't care. Uh, because I'm getting paid either way. Um, now, I don't think Jeff is a bad guy. I think he does genuinely have a passion for video games. Um, but I think he also has a passion for money. Uh, and I think he has an even bigger passion for Hollywood. Which yeah. really clashes with what this show should be about. Because there was so many Hollywood faces. Movie yeah. trailers. Like... I don't think that movie makers should be presenting as many awards as they were. Yeah, and I think it's also just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, like, disappointing. And I think that we were sort of tumbling to a disappointing year because of COVID. I think it was hard for a lot of game developers to get together and make a big game. And... Um, I think it slowed down a lot of things, and I think that that reflects really in the reveals and what this year brought. I'm not saying that the games that were in that were you know in contention for Game of the Year are bad games. I'm just saying that it was a quiet. It was a quiet year. Yeah, it's not quite to the depth as it was maybe last year or the year before. Um, I also agree with you. I think it's not. It's very disappointing to see all these like movies and oh this actor's gonna do this and oh this director's gonna do this. Um, coupled with all of the licensed games, it barely even felt like a video game show. It felt like we were watching like a like a Marvel show, not a Marvel, like a DC show or something. Like a Comic Con panel or something. Yeah. It didn't feel very like video game centric, so I don't know. I guess it would be good if they could take this to heart and like you know, actually reflect on the criticism, but is pretty doubtful. I'm sure the money is uh, is flowing, um, and the money talks, and the money has its own opinions. So, who are we? You know, we're just the gamers. <laughs> we're the oppressed gamers. <laughs> Don't say it. no, no. The show's canceled. Thanks everybody for listening. Bye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're obviously not oppressed for being yeah. gamers but um i'm just saying i agree with your sentiment that bad show bad show sorry no. jeff i'm not i mean in like a week we're gonna forget and be nice to jeff again for some <laughs> i already am i am i'm already like warming up again yeah like, jeff's I'm, jeff's a charismatic guy it's he so is. strange he, he makes horrible shows and then we're just like it's okay jeff pat it's him on okay, the back Jeffy. as he rolls Jeffy. in his money <laughs> um oh. But like I said, this is the last regular episode of Talking Games for the year. This has been our, you know, we started halfway through this calendar year. We got a couple specials in store for you to close out this year. But I feel like it's an appropriate time to just thank everybody for, for sticking with us, for making it feel so worthwhile. And, and thank you, Kelly, for, you know, sticking with it. 28 episodes. This is the 28th. Andrew. Yeah. Thank you. Thank me. I don't even know where I would be. I would be crying on the floor saying, why don't I know anything about video games if it, not, <laughs> if it wasn't for you in this show? And the listeners. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. For listening. Thank you to Jeff Keeley for listening. <laughs> Thank you I to hope. Keanu Reeves for listening. Uh-huh. Adam Driver. Uh, Adam Driver. 
Idris Elba. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, Joseph Fares, probably, maybe. He's uh, not busy or anything. He didn't just win Game of the Year. I oh, hope wait. he's not listening. I feel like I um, came out a little strong. <laughs> you, you did that a lot. You do that a lot on the show. No, I'm perfectly chill. I'm okay. a perfectly chill person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh yes thank you for making this show what it is andrew of course thank you i mean this is dumb we're just thanking each other (laughs) (laughs) well sometimes it's good to show gratefulness at the end of the year we're turning a new leaf into a new year yeah we're gonna play animal crossing new leaf before the new year honestly i found my ds and it's time. I'm tempted. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this uh, heftier episode of Talking Games. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.